there, how's it going everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. We got another Marcato Classic episode for you guys today. This is going to be a mm. really fun one. If you can't tell Amazing from the score. play-in, we have <laughs> some fantastic music for you in store today. Yeah, fans of the podcast will know that me specifically, but I think both of us, are big fans of Flashy Goodness, who's a wonderful video game composer and chip tuner. Um, Flashy Goodness created a collective a couple years ago called Rezoforce, um, and... Rezoforce, as well as Flashy Goodness, put out a new soundtrack to a new game this summer called Dungeons of Aether, and that's what we're focusing on today. It's uh, an RPG that's set in the Rivals of Aether universe. Could not be more excited for this. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be... I'm. It's fitting, you know, these episodes that we do in our traditional format, which we call Marcado Classic, which simply consists of a playlist of music and Carl and I Mm -hmm. discussing it. Um, but I feel like that title has has two meanings because there's classic in the sense of the format of how we structure the show, but there's also classic in terms of sort of the like prototypical the style of music classic sound of scores that we would focus on this show and have been yeah. spotlighting since we started. I'm so and- excited for Will to hear the score and for all of you. Uh, some of you may have heard it um, already. Some probably haven't. It's a wonderful FM synth score, and now two of the three. Members members of this collective composed this score. So it was this music was all composed by Flashy Goodness and Longinian or Longinian. Um, and like I said, it's an RPG game and it all features the YM2608. That was the FM chip that was on a system like the PC98. And so all this music was tracked for that chip and it's just delightful music. It really feels like Flashy Goodness and this collective is just getting better and better. Do you think there's some influence from composers like Yuzo Koshiro on this 100%. Yuzo Koshiro, I mean, you can't not think of Jay Kaufman a little bit because uh, he had a recent score that featured the same sound chip. Um, so I think there's probably some of that. There's a lot of, you know, PC-98 influences, you know, old old school Japanese composers. Um, and we'll talk about some of the influences we're hearing. But man, it's a great score. We're playing 18 of maybe some of the best tracks from it, uh, I think it's not a, a massive score. It's probably like maybe it has like 20 some or maybe even 30 tracks. Um, so yeah, this is kind of the best of it. What you heard playing in was Arrow of Triumph. And again, everything's from Dungeons of Aether. This is available on Bandcamp. Check it out if you're enjoying this episode. Well, let's what do you dig say, in. Will? Let's do it. Okay, so the next track we're going to play is called Full Steam Colony. Here we go. Thank you. 
You guys listening to Full Steam Colony? This is from Dungeons of Aether, and this music was all by Reservoirs and Flashy Goodness. Wow. Really beautiful piece of music. I love the 5-4 meter. There's some interesting meters um, all across the score, actually. Very beautiful. One of my favorite things about this soundtrack is the use of this FM chip. Absolutely exquisite tracking and arrangement for this <laughs> sound chip. It sounds so good. They have some nice drum samples that you know they feature uh, with this chip. Will, what are your initial thoughts so far? The plan and this, the vibe that we're hearing today? Well, I think the plan and this have two sort of different vibes. This sort of chilled, laid back, swung thing is very different than the, you know, I'd say the first track that we played in with felt very much of the mold of like that PC 98 epic mm-hmm. fantasy scores where we're getting some of that medieval rock mixed with like orchestral influences. Yep. But this sounds like a Carl Brueggemann track to me. <laughs> like there's something oh, well, that's about a the groove of I do this. Love this. And I, also, I have yeah. to quickly say, we both heard it. It rips off Secret of the Forest at a certain point. So, you know, let's just hope that that was parallel thinking. But sorry, guys, you did you did rip off Secret of the Forest very briefly, but that's okay. We'll let it slide. Well, I think it's actually a quote. I mean, I think something really that obvious is... Yeah, it could be. I mean, that's like one of the most iconic Well, let's go with that. Let's music. say it was an intentional quote. So hats I think, off. I think that kind of thing is um, acceptable because it's, it's something in the, uh, no pun intended, it's in the ether. Um... <laughs> You know, it's it's part yeah. of the a, a soundtrack like this is an homage. In this is an of RPG, yeah. so kind of having quotes and references. If you think of something like um, w- one of the things I love about like Hamilton, the musical, is Lynn is such a nerd for musical theater and mm-hmm. a nerd for hip hop. So there's all these references to specific things that if you're not yeah. aware of what they are, it would just fly by. But if you are, you know, if you can pick up on his references, you get a little bit of you know, yeah, I think you're probably right. The more the more that I think about that, I would agree with you. Uh, this next track we're going to play is so cool. This is the first area theme. Uh, we're playing most of the area themes. It looks like we have area one, area two, area three, area four. There might be another one that's not called area um, later. But anyway, area one, it's called First Quarry. Let's take a listen.
You guys listening to First Quarry, Area 1. I love the vibe of this. And again, outstanding implementation arrangement on this Yamaha FM chip. Very expressive. Ooh, God, it's just so beautiful. Yeah, there's not a lot of music, uh, FM music, that is this type of atmosphere. Like, this reminds me of kind of like a modern... RPG score, you know, um, it's just it's just really cool the emotion they're able to get out of this chip. Yeah, I think the kind of what I guess you could only describe as instrumental or timbral variety in this is yeah. rare for the FM chip, and I think it's one of the advantages of um, more contemporary chiptune music is people have spent decades with this technology, have learned how to expand beyond the simpler yeah. limitations and i think also the benefit of um you know i don't know how all this music was put together but one of the advantages of making music in the present day is you aren't explicitly limited by the same limitations that you would have if you oh, were yeah. actually making a pc 98 score and there's so, so many possibilities and so it shouldn't be that surprising that a 2023 fm score is maybe one of the best fm sounding scores ever as far as just how they how they utilize the but chip. outside just of outstanding the- Outside of the implementation, uh, the composition here is so strong and the arranging. Yes. Um, and that's the thing is like all these, the lines kind of blur between which aspect of the composition really carries through. But mm-hmm. what, what I'm describing by the arranging is the way that it's not just that it's utilizing all these sounds, but the way that the musical ideas kind of trade off and everything is set in an appropriate yeah. timbre, it really evokes real instruments. You hear the sound of mallet percussion. You hear the sound of pizzicato strings. You hear like a flute. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Will, because this is kind of a vibey, atmospheric piece of music, but it doesn't even come close to getting boring because there's so much trading off. There's so much exciting interaction happening in the arrangement. So really wonderful stuff. I also think there's stuff. a really strong sense of melody in, in all of yeah, these pieces of music, even though it, in general it feels a little bit more quasi-improvisational. Not not necessarily mm-hmm. imp- imp- improvised, but just more through composed. Extemporaneous. It's not like a it short little like pop that. song. But mm-hmm. the melody ideas are all composed out of these literal memorable nuggets that these moments of melodic identification that are really um, identifiable. Yeah, so... We are going to rock today, everyone, and now it's time to do that. We've had some chill-out tracks here. It's the first battle theme of the day, Groundbreakers Battle 1. Here we go.
so sick. You guys are listening to Groundbreakers, Battle One, and following in the tradition of a lot of great games, doing battle themes that are based on the area melody. And that's what we have here. This is based on the first quarry uh, tune and doing a battle arrangement of it. And in it is amazing. I love this track. It's so badass. Will, what are your thoughts on Battle One? Yeah, I mean, this is as classic as classic can get for that VGM sound. I mean, the chord progressions, the melody, the grooves, the interaction of all the rhythms. I mean, this is just on, it executed on such a high level. What I love here is the balance harmonically between these sort of tried and true, I guess somewhat expected J-pop 80s kinds of chord progressions with these really surprising moments of harmonic daring, this string of slash chords moving up and down, you know, resolving <laughs> God, to... God, it's so good. Yeah, there's just little certain moments of modal mixture and surprising jazzy harmony, but not too much. I, I, I like that balance. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, the um, how I felt about... Uh, Kid Icarus Uprising, where it oh, was like, sure, yeah. there's something about this that feels so classic, like it's always existed, yet there's aspects that it feels like it's going just a step beyond the um, oh, totally. source point. So there's something I noticed when I was listening to the score, and I want everyone to to kind of try to pay attention, is the drum, I guess you could say writing implementation. This is all tracked. So to come up with an expressive, exciting something that seems performed drum part on a tracker is not easy, but they did a phenomenal job. The drum parts are really, really tasteful. Well, there you go. That was the first taste of a battle track and don't worry. We'll have plenty of battle stuff. Yeah. That's my Um, favorite track of the day so far. Me too. Let's see what beats it. Yeah. Um, So, well, I'm going to give you later on in the episode, I'm going to give you a choice between two tracks of the week and you're going to decide. So look forward to that. Let's play the area two theme. It's aquatic paradise. Paradise Area 2 from Dungeons of Aether. And if anyone is interested uh, in checking out, if you haven't heard, The Rivals of Aether, that was a score that Flashy Goodness um, came out with quite a few years ago. And there's been a lot of different expansions and spin-offs over the years. Man, really good. I just love the vibe. I, I love vibey atmospheric FM synth music that also has groove and melody. <laughs> I guess that's kind of a specific recipe, but I really love it. 
Yeah, again, I feel like there are a lot of aspects of this music that really remind me of you, Carl, because, I mean, it's not like uh-huh. you write in only one style, but uh, creating FM music is a, a big part of it's your a passion of mine. corpus at this point. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's like the, hearing this um, convalescence of influences, hearing the jazz, hearing the VGM, hearing the sort of fusion-y, funk kind of inspired um influences as far as kind of the the composition and the arranging and everything but mixed well, with I definitely this love it <laughs> old fm chiptune sound but yet you're getting a kind of freedom in the composition a kind of improvisatory writing that mm-hmm. uh doesn't necessarily evoke you know specific composers from classic game music but i think that's the thing about it's an amalgamation composers with really strong taste as they can kind of blend their influences together without too much specific intentionality around modeling it after one piece or one composer and they can kind of fuse all those things into something new so i know that this is reservoir so this music isn't only flashy goodness but i just want to talk about flashy for for a while it's so fun every release that i hear it really seems like this composer is growing and getting better and better compositionally, melodically, implementation wise arrangement. So that's so exciting. I hope that continues. Um, all right. We're going to rock again because now it's the subsequent battle theme. This is battle two um, ever torrential. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Ever Torrential. This is Battle 2 from Dungeons of Aether. Man, I'm already having an absolute blast. I was listening to this, was it a week ago, week and a half ago? Um, and I just texted Will. I said, we have to do this for the next app. I mean, it's just, oh, it's just so good. I was so excited. Shout out to Vav. I think Vav on our Discord um, was uh, the person that posted this and kind of alerted me to, oh, there's a new flashy score out. Um, man, this is just so good. Yeah, this is really fantastic writing. Uh, what I'm also impressed with this soundtrack so far is there's just a nice uh, sense of variety stylistically. Yeah, there really is. Energy-wise, too, right? Yeah, energy, groove, rhythmically, I mean, harmonically. It, it, everything holds together. Part of that is the, the nature of it being tracked with this very specific uh FM sound chip, but mm-hmm. I think also compositionally, all this music hangs together. There seems to be uh, some stylistic 
center point here. Like there's there's yeah. there's clearly places that this wouldn't go, and there's certain things that would be outside of the style. Yet it doesn't feel so restrained to just a handful of kind of moods or energies. And I think mm-hmm. that's the thing that I'm impressed with is whenever you can have a soundtrack or an album or any collection of music that is able to both have variety yet cohesiveness in that sort of style. It's not easy to cohesion. do, is it? And Will, you can speak to that as someone who's done projects and, you know, scored different types of media and stuff. It's not easy to do that, is it? Yeah, I think definitely not. I mean, and one of the things that a lot of times when you're working with, you know, whether it's a showrunner in TV or a director or game developer, you know, sometimes people have ideas of what music they they want to go in their project in mm-hmm. those ideas that come from the creative people you're collaborating with they don't necessarily gel together um, and I think there's yeah. some soundtracks that, I mean, we've praised before, eclecticism of having all kinds of different genres, that can definitely be an approach um, but there is something to having an identifiable thumbprint an identifiable sound of the score, oh, totally. that when you hear yeah. a track you're like oh this sounds like shovel knight this sounds like you know when you have that kind of identity i hear a lot of shovel knight influence on the score so it'll be interesting if that actually was something these composers thought of so all right so yeah we have a lot of these back-to-back area battle area battle part of the playlist but uh after this we do have plenty of other types of pieces i don't know if they're menu pieces or different cutscenes, so we'll have some nice variety um let's move on and the next thing we have is fable of the crystals and this is area three let's take a listen You guys are listening to Fable of the Crystals. This is Area 3, and I was I told you guys about the drums, right? It's so interesting. The drum writing, the ideas, very expressive, very nuanced, a lot of taste. Let's talk about that first, Will, uh, on this. like, What is happening with the drums? What is unique about this here to you? Well, to me, what's unique is this kind of approach to the drums on a, a piece of chip music. Because yeah. I think... W- w- when listening to this for the first time, I I kept expecting the beat to drop. When is the groove going to come a in? Traditional when are we going to get a sense drop, of yeah. backbeat? Um, and this isn't that kind of track. It's much more sparse and much more atmospheric. Uh, and I think it works great. But what's interesting is we do have these sort of sparse drums that are that are accenting certain rhythms and it, mm-hmm. helping to create that atmosphere. It's the type of thing that if you had like a jazz combo or a trio or some small ensemble thing with 
um, a, an actual drummer that they'd be playing yeah. some sparse pattern with brushes, but it really not totally like consistent, not establishing a groove. And that's what I love here is like that kind of sound is something I've never heard. Openness. In, yeah, I, I would describe this before. track as open, right? There's just a, a, an openness when it comes to rhythms and how much space it creates for the other instruments and the other shimmering colors. Man, really tasteful, beautiful stuff. So keep that melody in mind, keep that vibe in mind, because we are going to play the subsequent battle theme, and it's already time, Will. So this next track, which is the battle three, and the following track, which I'll just tell you is the area four theme, those are the two choices for track of the week, so we'll see what Will picks. Oh, both of these are so good. All right, this is 1,000 Shards, Battle 3. Round of applause to all the members of Rezo Force. Absolutely outstanding. And it was great we were talking so much about the drums in Area 3 because in, in Battle 3, it is a payoff to get a really strong sense of backbeat. And, you know, once it goes to that double time, oh, it feels so good. The drum and bass writing and how they're interlocked here is exquisite. This is so far my favorite of the day. You know, one of the things that Marty and I called out last week when we were, or I guess now two weeks ago, when we were talking about Carl's Sonic-esque music and one of the things we really appreciated about the nature of the arranging is the transference of energy, that you had all these different, kind of like the way that a drum kit pattern works, that it's the collection of all of these different elements happening at different times that are interlocking. You know, if you just listen to the hi-hat or just listen to the snare, just listen to the kick drum, just listen to the toms, just listen to the ride cymbal, it's like it's not going to feel full in and of itself. It's the combination of all these elements that creates the groove. And I think um, when looking at a musical arrangement for something that has all this rhythmic energy like this track, I think that's a great sort of principle to bring into the arranging. And I think that is happening in such high form here. I mean, it's like when the melody's having a moment of pause, we get that chiming bum, 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 sort of like counter melody taking over. And you have all this, you know, mechanical motor rhythms happening in the arrangement. And there's just always something percolating. There's lots of transference. It's a phenomenal track. The arrangement, the writing, it's just amazing work. 
Oh, God. So good. Okay, so we'll keep that in mind. Will's going to keep that in mind. This is your next choice. This is Area 4. It's Scorching Path. Here we go. melody you guys are listening to scorching path area four wow yeah i was i was blown away by this track as well Um, i loved the melody i loved how this six feels here this meter feels so funky and really locked in again it's a great example of what's so special about this dungeon's score is very vibey very atmospheric a lot of interesting emotion surprise but with this strong sense of groove and excitement yeah, absolutely. I mean, this a track like this is it transcends its stylistic influences. I mean, this on every level, the way it's implemented, but the way it's composed, like uh, the the melody is so strong and yeah. has that sort of I think the best melody goes, of the game in my yeah, opinion. It goes where you want it to go, yet it has just enough detail, like particularly rhythmically. I think the the motifs that the melody is built on are are very iconic sounding and classic and feel familiar in that way that I think a great melody needs to. Um, yet where they choose to place the rhythms of, of when mm. it comes in and when it moves, it's it's slightly, you know, later Surprising, than you're expecting yeah. or slightly earlier I than mean, you're expecting. I don't know about you, Will, but maybe it makes sense to do two tracks of the week because they both represent such different energies and it's kind of fitting to have a battle in an area. Well, the um, thing that I was thinking about is I like the melody of this one more and the arrangement of that one was really impressive but i think my two favorites i'm torn between this and that groundbreakers battle one i Mm -hmm. really like those i'd probably go with this because i do agree that i think this is the strongest melody in the game and the arrangement is so clever and so interesting it's a a i was actually reminded a little bit of you know tim fallen of something like plock like this sort of interesting prog rocky groove type element being transferred around i'm sure there there's some fallen influence uh just overall with these composers on this score i can totally hear that yeah a lot of progginess for sure so man that was awesome all right we're gonna have some nice changes of pace because uh some other tracks that don't say area or battle for a while so we'll see we'll see about that all right maelstrom minor 
guys are listening to Maelstrom Minor. Um, yeah, just talk a little bit more about the imp- implementation and what they're able to achieve on the sound chip. Uh, yeah, there are times when I feel like we're hearing si- we're, we're hearing drum samples for sure, but I feel like we're also hearing uh, pitched samples at times. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's certainly possible, you know, to create pitched PCM samples, especially I mean, on trackers. About that. We've even talked about that on, you know, the NES, like some of the great Sunsoft games that will use synth bass DPCM or other pitch. I know, like, Marty and I have kind of gone crazy with that in various projects, making Mm -hmm. harp samples or string samples or piano samples with That's so fun. Um, And you get that sort of sound. Like, to me, it almost sounds like a GBA uh, because it's that same level (laughs) of, like, compression or distortion on the sample. But there's some strings in this one. And I was wondering about one of the earlier tracks. You know, Mm. I was calling out that sound of, like, pizzicato strings. And I think it might have been PCMs. Yeah. Yeah. In any case, though, wonderful mix of soft and hard colors. And, ah, so, so good. All right, yeah, so this, delightful. I believe this music is um, kind of a variation that's based around Rivals of Aether music, so some track originally from that, uh, I believe, because I feel like this melody I've heard many times from, <laughs> at least from Flashy over the years. So anyway, this is Customization from Dungeons of Aether. Here we go. Absolutely amazing. Uh, the music, the melody, so strong and confident. But this arrangement for the YM2608, holy moly. So colorful, so entertaining. This is an absolute treat. It really is. Yeah, delightful arranging throughout this score. I mean, it's something we've called out on almost every single track. And I think it, you know, the line between when we say implementation or arranging, it might sound sort of like one in the same, but I think of the implementation as how the actual ideas are, are programmed or, yeah. um, you know, brought to life with these specific sounds. But the arrangement is more of a conceptual thing. Yeah. Um, it's almost like the screenplay versus how the movie is shot with the actors or something. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It, and like an arrangement is something of... that can be very similar whether this is with the full band or whether it's on the PC-98, it's the ideas of arranging are kind of the same, right? Right. I think uh, sometimes we want to distill uh, a piece of music or a simple piece of music into elements like what's the chord progression, what's the melody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I think in a lot of music, those are the most important elements. But I think a lot of game music functions in a slightly more specific way. And I think a lot of this has to do with... a you know the early composers working in games in the 80s and 90s working with these limited chips the the music you you the limitations were so specific that every single element was 
carrying more than its own weight. So a baseline mm-hmm. couldn't just be a functional baseline. It also sort of had to imply double the harmony. In a melody yeah. couldn't just be a melody. It, it had harmonic function and the harmony was maybe switching off between delay and being a harmony line and counter melodies had important harmonic function. Well, will you know, speaking of double duty, do you ever have this experience? And we know this from composers like Jay Kaufman and other composers that work really quickly on trackers is all of those things you were talking about happen at once. He's arranging, he's implementing, he's composing, he's doing everything at the same time because he's going so dang fast. Have you ever had experiences where you're kind of doing all of those different hats at the same time? I think that's the thing that I love about composing into trackers is... Um, there, there's something, not that you're protected by the limitations of it, but because everything is so grid-based, because everything, right. you are you are in a sense limited by that. So um, th- to me, I feel like a sense of experimentation that I don't necessarily have in other a- avenues of composition. And mm-hmm. then also because of the, the limited nature of the sounds, I think it's almost like closing your eyes and letting your imagination think of it. it, it I, I think whenever you can limit yourself creatively, you force your that's imagination to take over. And I think that's a good space to be when trying to create an arrangement because now you're imagining what are the instruments I hear? What, what sort of the style I'm imagining? And you're kind of allowing that imagination to... Um, kind of paint your way forward and then you're filling in the cracks as you're going and I think I mean I think that method is possible it's it's nothing particular to tracking that yeah, allows you can that, apply that to anything, I definitely yeah. can relate to that feeling and I think some of it is there is the the delight of getting this computer of getting this very digitized <laughs> getting it to cooperate with you that but also it's like you're getting something that's very inhuman to sound human and expressive like that yep. that track we called out where the drum pattern felt very natural and felt kind of mm-hmm. like something you'd hear in a live context but not something for chip music i think there's a certain kind of delight that comes from creating those things of i want to yeah, hear this chip do something i've never heard it do before. very delightful <laughs> uh this next track i'm a big fan of let's see it's parallel corridor let's take a listen corridor amazing piece of music so jazzy so fusiony love the surprising chord changes this one is <laughs> really one of my favorites 
Let's see, yeah, this one is really cool. Will, what are some of the elements to this track? Um, because I feel like there's a lot about this track that's kind of unique from all the others. And and this might be another one where some of the original musical material does come from Rivals, actually. And this is like a, a variation. Um, so I guess what are some things that make this track stand out to you? I think probably the biggest thing is the amount of melodic pause that we have that yeah. very iconic, emblematic type of tune. Da, 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 which feels... Mm-hmm. Uh, d- derivative is the wrong word because I don't mean it negatively, but familiar. It's, ver- it's a very um, VGM sounding tune, I guess I'll put <laughs> it that way, and it f- it feels reminiscent of other things. But what doesn't feel reminiscent is that it's almost just that little motif, and then we're given some th- this long moment of melodic pause where the rest of the arrangement is hitting these sort of syncopated chords and then the way it develops you know the b section is taking the notes of that motif and expanding upon it which i think is probably why you're um feeling that this is something that comes from the rivals of aether because it feels like the whole piece is like developing this this motif all the material kind of comes out of that i think another thing that makes it unique but not necessarily unique amongst this incredible score but unique just in the uh you know in the ether in the abstract of of music is just how tight and solid and unique this arrangement is you have all those sort of percolating um short plucked arps with that delay that sounds like sort of that psg sound almost um but that mixed with these very syncopated chord stabs that are these it's jazzy but it's a specific era of jazz it's like japanese jazz yeah but it's so entertaining like this this really is my ideal type of fm or even vgm uh because there's so much to enjoy the bass lines are incredibly funky great drum parts i like the melodies but the arrangements there's so many colors to listen out for like you could listen to this track four times and every time focus on something different and you would be entertained you know what i think is interesting and i think the the drums and bass are probably the easiest elements to identify in a lot of this music that you can Mm -hmm. say this about but it's the fact that um you know we talked about in a lot of chip music all of the elements have a bigger responsibility and they're implying chord information what i'm really struck with here is like this bass line sounds like an actual like funk fusion bassist yeah, it played does. it like it has these um it, it sort of delights into these sort of bluesy turns that feel very performed it feels like an actual bassist you know yeah slightly improvising their line as they're going and adding these little ornamentations to it it's not that same effect that we would get in you know 80s 90s chip music where the bass line is very nimble and jumping octaves all over the place to hit these things yeah it feels performed in the same way that the drum parts feel like you can imagine a human behind a kit making these choices accentuating these certain moments and it, it all feels very crafted but also improvised and i think it's the mixture of those two impulses that make it feel so human that make all this music feel alive and performed this last chunk of the playlist um there's some nice changes of pace some tracks that uh have their own vibe this is the case with this one for sure this let's take a listen to long-lived stranger
God, so good. Long-lived stranger. Very jazzy. Very playful. This is from Dungeons of Aether, and again, this music is by Rezoforce and Flashy Goodness. Oh, man. Yeah, I love the <laughs> what are trying to be, you know, brass, like horn, FM, those harmonized hits uh, and lines are just so catchy. Yeah, there's there's some really nice ride sample <laughs> that's uh, ride cymbal sample that's featured in this score that really feels like it could be the one from Minnesota Fats. If not, it's, it's very similar. You don't get a lot of ride cymbal in FM music. Well, there's some great sort of textbook jazz voice leading in some of these harmonies that I really like. Uh, yep. And that getting these sort of very open voicings with a lot of fourths and fifths, but that smooth voice leading where you have one pitch that moves and then the bass note also changes, but yeah. you're, you're getting a lot of common tone movement. It's very subtle. It's the kind of thing. It's sexy, that, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it has it evokes a specific sound. It's very different than. Um, I think jazzy is sometimes a misleading term um, because it's like that's a large subset of yeah. music, and there's so many subgenres within that that you could be described as jazzy. Really, anytime you hear a major or minor seventh or a chord outside of the key, you'd be inclined to call it jazzy, but it's it's not really helpful because it can describe so many things. But this sounds jazzy in in a way that it is of the genre of jazz. It doesn't yeah. sound jazzy in the sense that like the chord is extended. It's like very particular kinds of like a, a I don't know, a someone that knows jazz piano that's doing those kinds of very so particular tasteful. voicings. Yeah, and and we've said it a lot, but for me it's one of the most impressive things about the score is how they were able to incorporate those types of ideas into this FM chip and, and all this music was tracked. It doesn't feel robotic. It doesn't feel perfect. It feels performed and spontaneous. And I love that uh, experience as a listener. You know, the first time listening to this, it is a spontaneous experience. But for them, I mean, who knows how many hours they were painstakingly working on this. And so I love that idea of of crafting something that for the listener is supposed to feel spontaneous. Right. And I also, the the melodies are so strong. I like how simple and catchy they are. Every one of Me these too. tracks has some sort of melodic hook to it. Wonderful that writing. makes it stand out. Something with a shape that you could remember. You know, it's like a very particular set Evocative. of notes that makes it memorable. And so then when they go off and it, it does kind of meander or maybe it, it becomes more through composed or slightly soloistic, mm-hmm. it's like you can still be grounded by that opening phrase or something in the melody that has that catchy yeah. hook to it. Well, we have a couple more battle tracks left for the day. Uh, Let's move on to one right now. It's Head for the Core, Battle 5.
just killer. This is Head for the Core. It's Battle 5 from Dungeons of Aether. This is a very unique battle track. I mean, even if we talk about the context of the battle themes we've heard today, very unique. And 100% there was pitched samples in this one. So that was a cool color that they only occasionally add in the score, but it, it adds some excitement. I mean, you know, for example, if you want an orchestra hit in the score, you know, you're going to have to sample it. Yeah, again, just another example of wonderful writing, excellent arranging, and it's all implemented impeccably, and it all comes yep. together. Um, I think that's probably my overall takeaway from this music, is I, mm. I love the melodies, I love the grooves, I love the overall vibe of everything, um, but I think the thing that makes all this music so exceptional is, you know, oftentimes we talk about things that are more than the sum of their parts, but I think this is an example of music that is good because it is the sum it's of the all package. of its parts. It's yeah. such a solid package. The presentation is so strong and you're just left entertained at the end of the day, you know, and it might be from a melody, it might be from a groove, it's probably from multiple elements that are all firing at you, but very classy <laughs> video game music. Yeah, as far as chip music goes i mean this is on an incredibly high level it's there, there aren't many people who can um not only write this way but execute in in this fashion let's move on to final respite special and pretty piece of music this is final respite um yeah definitely a change of pace and some pretty striking uses of samples here string samples and and whatnot um will i'm curious to get your take on this um yeah i, I kind of thought you were going to be entertained by some of the the chords in this and just the sense of emotion <laughs> that this has and again hearing it on an fm chip this is quite rare to get this type of emotion isn't it yeah this feels like something i would more expect on the super nintendo uh but i think it's a nature of a lot of rpg games they need emotional contrast they need the mm -hmm. quiet moments they need the character themes that that mood that melancholic nostalgia is a is a big part of i think when we talk about rpgs of, of what we think of 
And I think that's one of the reasons why doing an FM RPG is so special, because I think for most of us, when we think of the FM sound, we either think of that sort of driving rock. It's just part of the nature of the FM timbre itself. It has mm-hmm. the the qualities of like a distorted guitar. Um, and I think there's also a lot of like, you know, you think of something like Streets of Rage, um, that more yeah. of that groovy sort of almost funk fusion type of palette. But something like this, this very earnest atmosphere mixed with very like keyboard centric harmony like the kind of thing Mm -hmm. that if it were in a film score you could imagine like a Rhodes electric piano or DX7 with real strings or sort of synth string pads creating this very dreamy texture this is the kind of thing I don't necessarily associate it doesn't FM isn't the first thing that would come to mind Um, but I think like a lot of this score the thing that holds it together is um, I guess for lack of a better term, all this music really sounds Japanese. It all sounds very much the the reference points, the specific game music that a lot of this is inspired by. That's why I think, you know, we heard that quote from Secret of the Forest early on. Yeah. I don't think that was an accident. I think that sound no, of something and, like and this Chrono track, Trigger is what this is going I for. think is a good example. It reminds us of Japanese video game music, but not Genesis, not FM at all, you know? Uh, and so that's what I think is cool is they're going places and for specific emotions that we rarely get on fm sound chips and not only do we get it in the score but we get it confidently we get it done with a lot of taste and very effective so yeah hats off uh let's move on to the last battle theme of the day it's uh the title of of this track is shining through the darkness feels like an homage to another rpg series doesn't it shining through the darkness battle six guys are listening to battle six from dungeons of aether really awesome writing this is one that to me screamed jay kaufman it really reminds me of 
some of his boss or battle music, maybe specifically in some of the chord changes. Yeah, and so I'm not sure, I can't remember, um, and definitely check out the whole score, everyone, but there might be like an Area 6 theme that maybe just didn't make our playlist. Uh, like I said, there's there's some solid tunes that we didn't have time for today because we're only playing 18 pieces, so definitely head over to the band camp of Rezoforce and pick this up. I think it's a pay-what-you-want album, so toss in some cash if you're enjoying this music because what wonderful composers, and I can't wait to hear what all of them do next yeah, this is a very different battle theme. It's maybe the most subdued. It's it's not a subdued piece of music overall, but uh, compared to the battle themes we heard today, it, I guess it is. Yeah, it feels like it. We we've talked about this before, but um, there there are different approaches to boss music to battle music, um, and some of them deal with having higher emotional stakes rather than rhythmic yeah. or arrangement intensity there's the and cliche the of sort this. of the epic rock sound or even metal um that that sort of like hardcore approach that so many games take and we've heard examples of stuff sort of in that vein in the soundtrack but this feels like it's going for more of the emotional climax of the story this is a, a very yeah, detailed and well composed piece with all of these different sections lots of melodic it feels like melodic callback to um other places in the score but also emotional callback to lots of different moods and it feels like the type of music that would as a player particularly in an rpg game where you're connected to the story you're connected um in theory to the characters not just the the physical gameplay itself where i think there are a lot of games where it's like the the avatar is you know the the player character is an avatar for the person playing the game it's really you are the player you're triumphing over whatever i think in rpg games um generally there's a sense of who who are you playing as and what's their relationship to this world and there's i think there's a lot more emotion and explicit story meaning behind everything and a lot of that can be aided by music and i think this is a certain approach to battle music that i think some of the moments in games that stick with us are the ones that affected us emotionally yeah i think so uh and so we're approaching the end here everyone of the playlist we have this piece coming up and then we have our playout and this to me, screams like a final battle, uh, some sort of conflict, um, very intense. And then the playout is really beautiful. Um, and that feels like it could be maybe the credits theme. Uh, so we're going to play probably a little more of that playout than we typically would. Uh, all right, here we go. It's b- before that, it's Golden Dark.
You're listening to Golden Dark. Wow, amazing job, all these uh, composers and implementers that are a part of Rezo Force. Uh, check out the Bandcamp, folks. It's such an amazing score. We hope you guys had a good time. I was so excited to spotlight on this. Um, and, Will, let's, let's get your overall thoughts. You know, this is kind of your introduction today, getting your first reactions here. What are, what are your thoughts, your parting thoughts on Dungeons of Aether? Yeah, I think we were talking about it a few tracks back, but my biggest takeaway of this is that this is music that every single element of it is of high quality and you put those elements yep. together and you have these wonderful arrangements you have this great music that's well arranged well programmed well sequenced but well conceived there are good yeah. musical ideas at the start of it whether it's a strong melody or a captivating groove or an interesting approach to groove or rhythm there's something mm-hmm. singular and appealing about every single one of the pieces that we played today it's None like of a delicious feel... cake right where the all the ingredients were chosen so well very carefully constructed baked to perfection absolutely i'm reminded a little bit of um some of the sentiments that we have whenever we talk about princess connect because like sure. princess connect there is a sense of the derivative there is a sense of this is music in a style or in a tradition it reminds us or, of other things yeah yes but yet it, it it no one piece of music is only that that every single yep. piece of music has the aspects of the familiar and aspects of if not new it's like a new combination of all these elements or you're hearing and I something love that. i've never heard this on fm or the mixture of this kind of thing but oh the drums sound a little different or oh this baseline is interesting there's always enough detail in every one of these tracks that it all feels it's made with love it's made with care there's lots of detail even if it was done um quickly it's that kind of speed that comes out of passion that comes out of genuine creative ideas it isn't mm-hmm. just sort of a formula approach and I, I i do believe there is a difference i do think you know there's plenty of rpg soundtracks where you can sort of feel it sounds like the composer or composers are sort of spinning their wheels it's starting to get a little familiar it's a little been there done that and um i didn't get that sense for even a single piece of music that we heard today and that's Absolutely. why yeah i do say it's like the the biggest takeaway it isn't just the arranging it isn't just the melodies it isn't just the implementation it really is a product it's the it's sum of all, all of it. its parts absolutely i had a wonderful time this really got me charged up and inspired me uh, I got to say, and speaking of that inspiration, um, finally on the podcast, I get to say that, yes, officially I am working on, I'm trying to finish actually, only have a few tracks left, a follow-up to Downforce. Uh, so coming out on Friday, September 1st is Downforce Upshift. It is my follow-up to, yeah, Downforce is actually my most popular album when it comes to streams and sales. And so I thought it was good to do a follow-up and I've had a blast this spring and summer working on it um so look forward to that and this is just one of many scores that i've been listening to that has really inspired me um to try to try to bring it carl for the uninitiated can you describe what downforce is if someone hasn't heard that album what does it yeah so it mean that was an album that came out in 2020 um and it was uh, a concept album that was inspired by some of my favorite racing game music so it's an imaginary racing game world 
uh, think of composers like Takanobu Mitsuyoshi, like Richard Jakes, like some of the Mario Kart composers, many others. Um, so it's it's jazz fusion is the primary genre. Uh, there's rock. There's a lot of other things in there, some funk, um, a lot of real performance. The first album featured a lot of my friends that guested, and that is continuing on this album. A lot of wonderful collaborators and guests. So it's just a good time. It's an excuse to make a really fun and funky <laughs> and fusion-y album. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, and yeah, I think the day before that, the night before that, which I think will be the 31st of August, is probably when I will have my listening party on my YouTube channel. So I'm very excited. It's some of my favorite music I think I've done. So I am, yeah, just really thrilled with that. Um, we're going to play you out with a beautiful piece of music, A World Rekindled, a nice way to send everyone home. And Will, any final words you got? I don't think so. I think that's it for us. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. <laughs>